The continuing tragic saga, in a sense, that is Rudy Giuliani's complete implosion of his political and professional career continues. Rudy Giuliani is now suing President Joe Biden for calling him a Russian pawn. There's a CNN report about this. Former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani filed a defamation lawsuit against Biden for calling him a Russian pawn during a presidential debate nearly three years ago. Giuliani announced the lawsuit at a rambling press conference outside a courthouse in New Hampshire, where he filed in order to take advantage of the state's defamation laws. He reiterated several attacks against Biden and his son Hunter, though he's only suing Joe Biden despite the high bar for statements by public figures in a political setting to be found defamatory. So the calling this a rambling press conference is an understatement. Understand that even conceptually, the as we've talked about before, when you're talking about defamation, generally it can be different depending on the state. But generally, you need to demonstrate a number of elements. One, that the statements that were made were untrue. Two, that they were made in a public setting and communicated to a third party. Uh, and three, that they actually damaged your reputation or career or life materially. It's very difficult to imagine that Joe Biden's comments about Rudy three years ago could be demonstrated to have materially harmed Rudy, particularly when he did so many things to harm himself. But regardless, here's Rudy Giuliani, sort of confused, you know, uh, explaining, I guess, what he's doing. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill, very, very much. He's our counsel in the state of New Hampshire. And Lou is my counsel overall because there are going to be a lot of implications from this case, as you can tell. It has a great deal of room for expansion because a lot of people helped Joe Biden with this uh, terrible lie that he told. Uh, Joe Biden has spent his life telling lies, getting away with it. Now he gets away with it because you let him get away with it. Uh, you foisted on us, I mean, <laughs> an American president who is a pathological liar. Uh, that has implications to national security. As a result of Joe Biden's lies, people have died. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about there. Would there be a war in Ukraine? If, if Donald Trump were president? Absolutely. By the way, what this has to do with defamatory alleged statements against Rudy, obviously, we're already off track. Uh, Putin invaded Ukraine and Georgia three times, one time with Biden, one time with Obama, one time with Bush. Only time he didn't. Trump was the president. Hmm. Afghanistan. So in some ways, the damage done to me is less severe. He didn't get me killed although I have been death threats, right? Uh, his lies uh, cost me a good deal of my law practice. Now, remember what caused this is, you know, they claim to be the party of personal responsibility. What cost Ludi, what Ludi that that's actually not bad. He did loot. Um, what cost Rudy much of his law practice was that he pursued obviously ridiculous claims about the 2020 election uh, in court associated himself with people like Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis, humiliated himself in an incredible manner day after day after day. That's why he lost a bunch of the law practice, not because of Joe Biden and whatever Biden said in a debate years ago. It cost me uh, directly uh, 
a good deal of my million-person audience on uh, Common Sense, where I was cut off by YouTube, which operates as a uh, co-conspirator in another conspiracy of Biden's. Which All right, so we, I, I'm, this is 16 minutes long. As you can see, this is only even tangentially related to the, de- the claims of defamation. The, the one other interesting moment I did want to zoom in on is Rudy Giuliani angrily denies his alcoholism here. And, you know, the alcoholism stuff, we're talking about a disease. We're not making fun of anybody's alcoholism. And oftentimes people who are alcoholics deny it. It's relatively well sourced that when Trump was still in office and Rudy was his attorney, there was an effort made to put Rudy on TV in the morning rather than at night because it was less likely that Rudy would have been drinking in the morning. And often the nighttime appearances, the eight, nine, 10 p.m. appearances on Fox News would happen after Rudy went out to dinner and had too much to drink. So it's quite well sourced. But here is Rudy angrily denying it. Thank you, everybody. It's a it's a typical New York Times malicious lie. I do not have an alcohol problem. I have never had an alcohol problem. And the reason I told you what I achieved is nobody could have achieved that if they did. When the hell was I drinking? I was working 24 hours a day. It's a big damn lie by mm-hmm. a newspaper that's a disgrace and by a reporter who covered me. He used to cover me very, very. Now, whoever is to Rudy's right tries to rap because this is going off the rails. And Rudy says it's my press conference uh, in a very glowing way. And now is vicious and mean in what she does. Thank and, you. And it, uh, <laughs> it's my press conference. <laughs> what a mess. Vicious and mean. <laughs> and if it weren't for the protections that the press gets with Times Against Sullivan, I mean, she should be sued for libel. She should also be thrown out of the profession for being a damn liar. Right. That's OK. All right. So Rudy denies the alcoholism. I mean, listen, it, it's quite well sourced. Alcohol, alcoholism is a disease and it's a very sad state of affairs. My prediction, Rudy doesn't get even a single dollar in damages from this entire farce. A legal expert believes it is likely that at the conclusion of this entire fraud trial against the failed former president, Donald Trump, who is a civilly liable rapist that has been indicted criminally four times, that Trump's properties are going to be auctioned off. This is a very interesting take. Newsweek reports attorney says Donald Trump's properties will likely be auctioned off. New York's former assistant attorney general has said that Trump's properties will likely be liquidated and sold off at auction after a judge found he committed fraud. This would be an incredible end to some of these business endeavors. The article continues. Tristan Snell was speaking after a court found that the former president massively inflated the value of some properties and ordered that some Trump companies involved be stripped of their corporate licenses. It's one part of Trump's ongoing civil fraud trial. Snell said to MSNBC, quote, The worst outcome that could have come from this case has already been handed down, and that is for the corporate licenses to be canceled. The properties are likely going to be liquidated. The properties are probably going to be sold at auction. That's probably what is going to happen. We don't know that for sure, but that is proper, probably where this is headed. So Trump is already really, really in trouble. Snell said it's also important to remember Trump already lost despite his protestations of innocence. Judge Arthur Engeron ruled last week that Trump, his adult sons, the Trump org and other businesses associated with Trump 
overvalued several properties, including Mar-a-Lago and Trump's triplex. I heard someone call it a triplex. I always thought it was triplex in Manhattan at Trump Tower for financial gain. Well, listen, you know, Trump is insisting over over the last week, Trump has insisted that Mar-a-Lago is worth 500 million, a billion, 1.5 billion. And most recently, he said it's worth 100 times the 18 million, meaning 1.8 billion. We may soon find out, at least at rock bottom auction pricing, what Mar-a-Lago is actually worth. Now, I think there are a couple important things to say here. The individual making this prediction about Trump's properties being auctioned off has nothing to do with this trial whatsoever, and it is merely a hypothetical. I think it is likely that this will happen. Is it actually going to happen or will it be prescribed, but then it will be negotiated to something else? What if we transfer ownership to other individuals I designate other than Eric and Don Jr., who I believe are the other uh, defendants in this lawsuit are it's completely plausible that Trump would be ordered to auction these off, but then there would be some kind of negotiation that goes in a different direction. The big takeaway from all of this that we are all coming away with, if we're paying attention, is that getting involved in politics, winning the presidential election in 2016, and then unleashing every worst business instinct that Trump had for, for decades onto the political world where people are paying much more attention was probably the worst decision Trump made in his life, the worst personal decision and the worst business decision and probably the worst family decision as well. If the reporting about what's going on with he and his wife is to be believed and our instinct that that may have been the case started to build in 2017, in 2018 and so on. Uh, and it has only grown since then. I'm currently reading Selwyn Rabs. 800 page epic about the five families, the five mafia families from Italy that became the prominent families in the New York mafia. And one of the things that you see is that the more successful mafiosi fly below the radar. They don't try to get in the spotlight. They don't try to show up and testify anywhere. They don't scream in media. They want to be as quiet as possible. And it seems as though Trump did the opposite by becoming president of the United States. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. If you sit all day long while you work and you've never tried a desk that can transition between sitting and standing, it really is a game changer. I've had an uplift desk for a while. I use it every day to record the show, prepare for the show, do my office work. I'm sitting at an uplift desk at this very moment, and I've been using uplift desks for many years. We wanted them to be a sponsor and we finally were able to make it happen. Standing while I work helps me get the creative juices flowing. I feel more productive. I'm focused. I'm more alert and it's also healthier. I'm just moving around more. My circulation is better, which is just good for your health. I use the uplift standing desks because they don't wobble totally stable, even with all of my show equipment on them. The build quality is just tremendous. And you can completely customize the desk by choosing from over a hundred desktop choices, hundreds of accessories. I have a whole bunch of them, including a USB hub and a keyboard tray and all sorts of things. They have free shipping, free returns, free return shipping and an industry leading 15 year warranty. My audience gets 5% off when you go to upliftdesk.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman, 
That's uplifttdeskcom slash Pacman. Then use the code Pacman for 5% off. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P.com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. The number of data breaches we see is growing every year, up 41 percent from 2021 to 2022. And the likelihood of your data getting breached is constantly rising. Hundreds of commercial databases and people searching sites that hold your personal information. They can have name, social security number, login credentials, home address, location history, Internet history, a whole bunch more. And you don't even know that it is happening. But our sponsor Incogni is the app and website that will take care of this for you. You create an account, you give them the right to go to work for you. You sit back and Incogni has the data broker sites remove your personal information from their databases. Incogni keeps you updated on the status of everything. They handle the objections that can come up. This is often the reason that people get robocalls because their information is on one of these sites that Incogni will take you off of. Scammers will use the info to commit fraud against you. So Incogni simplifies everything, gets the information taken down and you get some peace of mind. The first hundred people to use the code Pacman will get 60 percent off when you go to incogni.com slash Pacman. That's I N C O G N I dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for 60 percent off. The info is in the podcast notes. The David Pacman show continues to be supported primarily by our viewers, our listeners, people who say, hey, I like this. I'm going to do a little bit to support independent progressive media. The best way to do this is to sign up at joinpacman.com. It's quick, it's easy, it's cheap, and it will become slightly less cheap when we launch the new website and issue our first membership price increase in over a decade in uh, something like four to six weeks. So go to joinpacman.com, subscribe, and you can use the coupon code four years for indictments to save roughly 50%, I think it is. All right, let's hear from some people in the audience. Uh, we take calls on the Friday show via Discord at davidpackmancom slash Discord. We're going to hear from some people now. Remember, 
nicknames and cutesy things aren't going to get you called on. If you want to get called on, you should have name and location or location and name in the format of, for example, Jeff from Minnesota. Jeff from Minnesota is our first caller today. Jeff, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? David, thank you for having me. I love your show. My pleasure. Thank you. So obviously you're no stranger to kind of the cognitive dissonance that takes place within the Republican Party, specifically within MAGA. Right. So I guess my question for you is, how do we kind of break through to that? You know, it's I'm convinced this is something that's going to take at least like a decade to kind of get past. What do you think? Well, I think in the best case scenario, it will take eight to 10 years. I think worst case, it basically becomes the Republican Party indefinitely. You know, I never say forever because you know nothing's forever, but indefinitely. And I think a lot of it is going to have to do with what happens over the next, you know, 13 months until the election, 15 months until the next inauguration. If Trump wins, you know, into that next Trump term, I don't think there's a clear answer yet as to how much life this movement has in it. But it has absolutely destroyed the Republican Party. And now it is so abundantly clear. 2018 did not go well in the midterms. 2020, Trump lost the general election. 2022 was going to be a red wave, barely took the House and actually fell further behind in the Senate. Now they've ousted their own Republican speaker because of eight MAGA extremists. I mean, this movement has objectively been a disaster for the Republican Party. I don't know how long it'll last, but I think your instinct that we could be talking about another 10 years is certainly possible. Of course. And, you know, when you're debating MAGA people, that's, you know, that's an effective tool because you can just make them look like the delusional morons that they are. But when you're yeah. talking to someone in real life, someone who you know personally, it gets a little bit harder because if you try to bring up exactly what you brought up, all they think is that you're some part of some like big giant lie. And that yeah. just pushes them farther and farther down the rabbit hole. Without a doubt, it's one of these um, uh, circumstances where the mechanisms through which we might hope to change people will often only for <clears throat> excuse me, further ingrain them in their beliefs. And so, as we've talked about before, we're basically talking about deprogramming cult members at this point, and this is a difficult thing to do. Right. You know, you got to hate the cult, love the cultist, uh, hate the cult, love the cultist. Yes. I mean, you show empathy to the cultist. You welcome them back to reality if they show any willingness to come back. I agree with that completely, Jeff. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I got to give credit where it's due. I 100 percent stole that notion from Bill Maher. Oh, OK. Interesting. I haven't heard him say that, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not super on board with the fact that he thinks Biden cannot win the next election. But, you know, yeah, it's that's... like, what does that even mean? What does it mean he can't win? You know, there were so many people saying in 2020, Biden can't win. There were Bernie people going, Biden cannot win. Well, of course, he can win. He, Trump could win. Biden can win. What does that even mean? It's a very strange thing to say. He might not win, but that doesn't mean he can't win. Absolutely. Um, all right, Jeff, yeah, I'm getting all wound up, so I'm going to let you go. OK. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Jeff from Minnesota. Great to hear from you. Let's go to Pam from Florida. Pam, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? I'm curious. Uh Oh, Pam, please. 
Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, so just to piggyback on that, I um, didn't get to see the whole interview with uh, Jink from Young Turks and you, um, yeah. but I, I have to say, Jank, Anna, and you are my three favorite media, progressive media people, and Thank love you. to see you guys talking and debating. Um, but uh, to, to say he is pretty strongly um, in opinion that Biden has a really hard chance of winning, even against Trump. And um, I didn't get to, like I said, I didn't see the whole full interview. So I know I want to hear your your kind of opinion on that. Well, because listen, he's pretty strong based on numbers and his percentages. Here's the deal couple different things. First of all, a lot of the same people saying Biden can't win said it in 2020 and they were wrong. So by by very definitionally, what is it that they're saying? They're saying, I don't think Biden will win, but obviously Biden could win. First, there's the polling question. You look at polling. I mean, listen, the latest poll out right now has Biden and Trump tied 43, 43. That means 14 percent of the electorate is still up for grabs. That very much means Biden can win and Trump can win. You look at other polling where Trump's a little bit ahead or whatever the case may be. It, it's it's such an early stage that it's very difficult for me to say the, the polling story is written in stone. Secondly, Biden won in 2020. Now, yes, it was very thin margins in a few states. But if we start with 2020 as the map, and we say, has Biden gained or lost ground at the state level in Georgia? I don't think Georgia's gone further to the right since Biden won it in 2020. I don't think Pennsylvania has gone further to the right. I don't think Arizona has gone further to the right. So you actually see, hey, Trump needs to take some states from Biden. And it's not obvious that he's going to be able to do that. He might, but he might not. And then you get to the age question, which is so many people are concerned about Biden's age. Many right. of the people in polls who are concerned about Biden's age are still going to vote for him if it's Biden versus Trump. And so I think we need to be very careful when I'm not saying Biden will win. I'm just reacting to people who say he can't. When we hear things like two thirds of Democrats think Biden's too old, most of those people will still vote for him if it's Biden versus Trump because they recognize that Trump's an insane authoritarian autocrat. So I think we just have to be really clear about what we're saying, what we mean and what is in the data right now. Right. And I guess what worries me, too, is just the fact that um, so many people came out in such large numbers just to really vote against Trump, not vote for Biden. And they, they voted for Biden, obviously. Yes. I, I just don't want to see them sleep on this. And it's just like so obvious to me what a danger authoritarian nightmare Trump will be in office. I can't understand how people don't see that yeah. in every, you know, and last but and, not least. And Pam, uh, this is underrepresented in the polls in the sense that yeah. if Trump becomes the nominee, that is going to motivate a large number of Democratic voters who are going to say, I need to get involved to prevent a Trump presidency. Again, none of this is proof that Biden will or won't win. But right now, the polling doesn't consider the number of people who will get involved to prevent the disaster of Trump from becoming president. Right. Jen's um, flirting with uh, possibly running. 
agenda. early stuff in a primary. What would you what would you say to that? I don't believe Jenks eligible to run because he was born oh. in uh, Turkey. Oh, I thought. Yeah, okay. so I don't even well, I don't even get what that's about. I don't okay. I honestly. This is the first time hearing of that. I don't get how that okay. could possibly work. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much. I love your show. Love you. Take care. All right. Great, Pam, great to hear from you. Always great to hear from Pam from Florida. Let's go next to Armin from Los Angeles, California. Armin, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? What can I do for you? Armin, please welcome. Hi, David. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, uh, I wasn't really expecting you to take my call, but thank you. Um, I left a comment uh, maybe like last week about uh, what was going what was going down in Armenia and Artsakh and uh, ethnic cleansing going going on down there. And I just kind of wanted you to speak on it if you if you did do some research on it. You know, I just on these issues, I don't know that I'm the right person to really a pine because it's not my area of expertise. I'm aware of what's going on. There's been this enclave Nagorno Karabakh. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, which um, has been completely emptied after an entire ethnic Armenian population is fleeing. It, it is indeed being called an ethnic cleansing. It seems to me like it is an accurate term. Um, I, I just, you know, Obviously, I'm against ethnic cleansings. I'm against violence, et cetera. I just don't know that I'm the guy to give any kind of particular hot take because I'm not as well versed in the history of the area. I'm not following it as closely as people who specialize in that. That's fair, David. Uh, honestly, I, I didn't have another question uh, ready, so I, I asked you that again. But uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I've been uh, I've been listening to your show for about like four or five years now. Um, I appreciate I, uh, that. Thanks, David. Take care. Armin maybe maybe I'll Angeles. have another question lined up next. We have so many people lined up. It's not going to be any issue whatsoever. Why don't we go next to James from Pennsylvania? James, welcome to the David Pakman show. What uh, what's on your mind today? And James, you've muted yourself. If you unmute yourself, I'll be able to hear you. And James, last chance you you've self muted. There you are. Hey, David, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, David. Um, so thank you for letting me speak. I was wondering, so you see how Americans, like 60% live paycheck to paycheck, medical debt is skyrocketing. People don't want to take like ambulances, uh, college tu tuition, skyrocketing housing prices, and wages have kind of stayed the same. So what do you, do you think that we could like look at like a different system? Or do, what would you think, like more social programs to try to ease in the burden on families? Because as of right now, as we see that we, we, people are the top one percent has more wealth than like 170 million Americans. Yeah. So when you say try a different system, what do you mean? Well, I wouldn't say like maybe like, let me rephrase that. And I mean, I'm not talking like cap, capitalism, socialism. I'm just mean like 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 I was it like social demo, Democrat or democracy, whatever. It's more like more social programs. Yeah. So a couple different things here, you know, first and foremost, um, wages have been increasing. And in fact, we've seen some of the fastest wage increases in decades over the last few years where you're right is 
inflation has also been high. And so inflation has exceeded wage increases. That's true. But I think we want to be accurate. And we have actually seen some of the more notable wage increases. A couple different things I, I think uh, are, are going on here where I think the U.S. is not doing enough is in the allocation of tax revenue in the most economically stimulative way. And so it won't come as a shock to people in my audience that we do need to use tax revenue, I believe, less so for defense spending. And by that, I don't mean like the tiny sliver of it that we give to Ukraine. I'm talking about the broader military industrial complex, the fact that we have 40 bases in Germany and so on and so forth. Much of that money without taxing anybody anything more, much of that money could be reallocated in more economically stimulative ways. Food stamps, for example, which have been expanded under Joe Biden, which I think is great. Food stamps are insanely economically stimulative. Every dollar put into food stamps uh, has a very high economic multiplier relative to some of these other other forms of government spending or spending altogether. So I would like to increase some of those programs. I do believe there are areas altogether of society that should be taken out of the market system. I've said healthcare is one of those. Healthcare demand is completely inelastic. You're James, I'm guessing right now you don't have appendicitis. Is that right? Nope. How much would you be willing to pay for an appendectomy right now? I don't have um, honestly, I guess I'm second. just maybe like two hundred dollars. No, but but I, I but why would you pay? Why would you pay anything? You don't need an appendectomy. Why would you pay anything? Yeah. Well, not I. Yeah. Now, if all of a sudden you got appendicitis, how much would you be willing to pay to take to get the appendectomy? I can't afford much, so very little. But I whatever have. it would take in order to save your life, is that generally the point here sure, is I'm, yeah. th this is going very wrong, James. But the point here is okay. it's not like something like, you know, a sports car. If it's cheap enough, you might want one. Your interest in it goes up. But if it's too expensive, you're not so interested in it. With an appendectomy, until you need it, your demand is zero. You're not willing to pay anything. Why would you pay for a procedure you don't need? And then all of a sudden you need it to save your life and that changes. So the point here is there are certain areas of the economy like healthcare, which I think need to be removed altogether from a market system. And so it, it's not a different system altogether, but it is a model that is that exists in Scandinavia and in, in northern Europe. That's the direction I'd like to go in. Can I ask you one quick follow up? Sure. So we saw that, you know, I told you like the top one percent owns more wealth than 170 million Americans. Yes. I'm not saying like try to seize wealth, but would you be interested in like possibly like a wealth tax? Because I heard it could bring in maybe like two point four trillion over like 10 years. As I've said before, I think the wealth tax is problematic logistically and legally. I don't have any moral opposition to it. I just think uh, there are practical issues with it in terms of what if people have to sell stock or like art in order to pay it? I don't know how you force people to do that. I don't know how you quantify the value of some of these things. Are you getting uh, so I think that there's logistical problems. I also it doesn't really seem to me like legally it's going to fly. So I would look at other things. I think we need to tax dividends as income. I've said that before. I outlined an entire plan, but I, I have no problem with a wealth tax. I see it as difficult to implement. All right. Thank you for letting me speak. All right, James from Pennsylvania. Excellent to hear from you. We're going to take just like the quickest of breaks and then we'll go right back to the phones and hear from more people. So hang on.
Many people know how hard it is to break bad habits, and sometimes you have to replace a bad habit with a better habit. And that is exactly what our sponsor Fume helps you do. Fume is not a vape. I don't advertise vape stuff. There's no nicotine. There's no electronics. Fume is a small cylindrical wooden device that just delivers plant flavored air. It comes in a variety of flavors that people love. Crisp mint, maple pepper, white cranberry. They've got new flavors, sparkling grapefruit, orange vanilla. Importantly, it just gives your hand something to do. It's a device that feels good in your hand or in your pocket. You can take it anywhere and it satiates that hand to mouth fixation that if you're trying to break a bad habit can be very useful. It's also fun to fidget with, which is important too. It has an adjustable airflow dial, a magnetic end cap. It gives your fingers something to do, even if it's in your pocket. Check out the reviews online. You'll see so many people have been skeptical at first about fume. They try it and they are very pleasantly surprised. Go to tryfume.com and use the code Pacman to save 10% when you get the journey pack, which comes with the device and several flavors to try. That's tryfum.com. Then use code Pacman for 10% off the journey pack. The info is in the podcast notes. Let's go back to Discord and hear from a few more people. You can find our Discord at davidpacman.com/slash Discord. Let's go to Santo from Louisiana, who's also a member at joinpacman.com. Really appreciate that, Santo. Uh, welcome to the program. What's going on today? Hello. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. I just joined actually the other day. I've been listening I appreciate to you that. since about 2020. And Thank I thought you. it was, you know, now that I got a full time job, I thought it was finally time for me to. Thank you so much. I really appreciate know, put that. that. In. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been great listening to you. Um, so I, I, I wanted to talk to you today about, um, I'm sure that you've heard about the death of Doug Larson, the senator. No, Doug Larson. I have not. Uh, okay. Yes. Oh, North so Dakota senator killed yes, in Utah he, plane crash. I didn't. Oh, a state senator. I did not hear about that. Yes, that happened yesterday. Okay. So I'm. I'm actually. I'm so. I'm surprised that you didn't hear about it, as this was a state senator, right? Uh, well, I mean, I think crash. that's why I didn't hear about it. There are so many state senators in the country, and I just, you know, uh, did not. I'm not up to date, so to speak, on North Dakota state senators. But it is. I see articles about it here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just. Um, I guess. I guess it is a lot smaller, but I mean, it's still kind of a tragedy, and it is still. It's um, always a tragedy. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely. Yeah, absolutely. But it's. It's. And it's. It's not necessarily consequential to like the the processes of of the state because um, they're probably going to just elect somebody very similar in politics to him, uh, in in that regard. But um, but still, I hardly saw it on any feeds. Um, my wife told me about it, and she's not nearly as in tune, uh, sorry, in tune to politics as I am. So I was just wondering why it just it wasn't as big of a deal. It's, it just seemed like a, a bigger deal to me whenever I heard about it from my wife than it actually appeared to be on the media. Well, I think I think my view on that would be obviously I've, all of these deaths are tragedies. From what I'm reading, it happened in a small plane and small planes compared to commercial aviation are significantly more dangerous. And um, it also I mean, I'm not saying this guy is a nobody, but 
there's so many state senators in the United States and in some total, I, I just it seems from what I'm looking at, like it got roughly the amount of media attention we would expect, which is there are some articles about it. It wasn't like major national news. All right. I guess that I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I thought that it would hit, you know, national news level just because, you know, well, I see an associated the, press article. Uh, yes, but, they do have yeah. the associated press. I did read that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I guess I don't really have much more to say on that. Maybe I'll talk to you again some other time. All right. Santo from Louisiana. Great to hear from you. Why don't we go next to Matt from Philly? Matt, welcome to the David Pakman show. What's going on today? Hey, David, how's it going? Going uh, well. Fellow secular Jew here. Um, welcome. So I was watching your coverage of the debates for the GOP primary. Yep. A lot of them were bringing up fentanyl and how that is, you know, such a crisis. There's so many people dying and yep. how that's making, I guess, the border one of the most important things that they're running on. Is there yes. any kind of hypocrisy here? Because I feel like these are the same people who maybe attacked George Floyd because he possibly overdosed on fentanyl or they're attacking Hunter Biden because he has the drug addiction. Is this right. actually something they really care about or? Of course. Not. Just so like here's the deal with this. Here's the deal with this. This is all about what's politically convenient right now. So on the one hand, the argument about the border is the problem and Biden because of fentanyl and so on and so forth is framing those who overdose as victims because that's the convenient story in that context. The poor victims of Chinese fentanyl coming over the U.S.-Mexico border. On the other hand, when it comes to something like George Floyd or other individuals who they want to portray as perpetrators, all of a sudden they aren't victims of drug abuse. If that's the, the uh, story that is uh, inconvenient to them, um, we saw this. We're seeing this with electric vehicles, right? When it comes to the mining and refining of oil for decades, they're not concerned about the environmental impact because we've got to support the economy and we need oil and all these different things. They're not concerned about the fact that kids and women and every, you know, all so many people die over wars for fossil fuels and they're not concerned. They say we've got to go to those wars. We've got to secure our natural resources. So whatever. And then now all of a sudden it's, oh, we care about kids in the Congo because of cobalt and we care about uh, the shipping of the batteries around or whatever the case may be. This is there are no principles here that are bigger than whatever is convenient at the time. That's the principle. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, if you don't mind, one more quick question. Sure. If uh, you had to choose, would you prefer a bagel or a Bialy? Uh, I, I'm partial to the bagels in general uh, because I think that they are better in the sort of applications I tend to favor. Um, I don't know if people do it like do you cut a Bialy in half and put smoked salmon and cream cheese on it? I guess you could. It's not something I've seen frequently. So for my preferred sandwich applications, the bagel works better. All right. I, I tend to usually prefer a Bialy, but I guess we'll uh, disagree there. <laughs> All right. Matt from Philly, thank you very much. Great talking to you. All right. Matt from Philly. What a day. What a day. Let's go to Dima from Brooklyn. Dima from Brooklyn. Welcome to the David Pakman show. Hello, David. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. 
Uh, I wanted to ask you, um, I was a bit curious, how far do you think, or rather how long do you think uh, the United States will keep supporting you know, the current government in Ukraine? Uh, I think the answer to that depends on who wins in November of 2024. To me, it seems as though if Joe Biden wins, there is an appetite to continue supporting Ukraine. There's an argument that it's a, quote, great deal that without troops on the ground, with a very small sliver of the total military or defense budget, um, Ukraine has been able to hold back Russia and create serious problems for Russia and what was thought to maybe be a very easy win for them. And so I think with that paradigm in mind, if Biden wins, the appetite will remain. If Trump wins, it seems that it may be far more uh, short lived. And uh, I mean, Trump says he'll solve it in 24 hours. I doubt he will. But regardless, it seems that if Republicans are relatively in control and Trump wins or whoever the Republican is, that is the nominee wins, that the support for Ukraine may be stopped relatively quickly, but maybe not. All right. Well, I appreciate your insight. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. Dima from Brooklyn. Great to hear from you. Let's go next to Matt from Yorkshire. Matt, welcome to the David Pakman show. What's on your mind today? Afternoon, David. How are we? Uh, we're doing well. Good, good. And I apologize if this has already been covered and you join in a little bit late. Um, the with, with um, the speaker being ousted last night, um, I've just come across a tweet from Midas Touch. Uh, touting some of the, uh, the the runners and the uh, and the riders on there, I was just wondering what your uh, what your thoughts might be in terms that. of who will be the next speaker. You're saying, yeah. Well, the uh, the the Midas Touch um, tweet excretion, whatever they call them these days, um, throws up uh, conspiracy theorist Nancy Mace, um, Steve Scalise, who's calling himself David Duke without the baggage, Jim Jordan, who we all know what he's been like. And of course, the giant orange menace himself. I just uh, I just thought who who uh, who gets uh, who get, who gets the nod, do you reckon? Listen, at this point, predicting what this Republican Party is going to do seems like maybe the most fraught exercise we could possibly <laughs> partake in. These these people are nuts. OK, yeah. now I, I do think it's very unlikely that tr they will make Trump the speaker. It doesn't seem plausible to me. I may end up eating my hat, but it just does not seem plausible to me. I don't think it's going to be Nancy Mace or Jim Jordan. It seems to me that they're the most likely if we just say, like, what would be the least controversial way to approach this? It would be that Republicans find some kind of consensus moderate of sorts. And I don't know exactly who that is in the House, but that it would be someone maybe even relatively unknown to to us. Uh, but I, I mean, I, you're, it's a very difficult thing to predict what crazy people will do. Yeah, it's the crazy people that hold the power from what I can see. Yeah, just, to some degree, because yeah, you know, you've got the idiots like Gates, Taylor Green, Bobert, who were well, they, they exercised the power that they had over uh, over um, over the last one. So, yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. So, so listen, we'll we'll see. I don't know how long it's going to take, but at some point, I I've, my instinct is we'll all be sort of surprised by the answer. Do we? Do you, do you foresee a sev several uh, several rounds of vote in a couple more days of 
of, of the of, of the process like we have last probably, time. Probably, probably. Thanks for your time, David. I've got to... All right, Matt from Yorkshire. Great to hear from you. Very much appreciate the call. Let's go to Lily from Germany, who is also a member at joinpacman.com. Lily, welcome to the program. Hi, David. Very nice to talk to you. Likewise. I was <laughs> I was wondering how you're selecting your topics for your show. Is it out of your interest for anything or um, what most people is um, are going to pay for something? Or is it how you can influence um, a special topic to to change something maybe? <laughs> The topic choice is basically four different considerations. It's number one, what am I interested in talking about on a particular day? Number two, what is the audience likely to be interested in? Number three, is this relevant in some way to what is happening in the world today? And number four, do I have something to say about it? If the answer mm -hmm. is no to any of those questions, usually it doesn't make it onto the show. Makes a lot of sense. And um, if I could, well, I would very welcome. I'm a little nervous. I'm sorry. You're doing great, um, Lily. This could, is amazing. And um, if you could talk a little bit more about climate change, because whenever you talk about any of your subjects, I learned so much already. And I think you have, well, a lot of influence over people. And maybe one day um, it would help. Mm, listen. Yes. I, I am glad to continue talking about climate change. One of the difficulties about it, Lily, is we've said so much of what there is to say. We know so mm -hmm. much of what it is we need to do. And yet, until we actually get some consensus from some of the crazy people in the United States that it's time to do something rather than nothing, it's very difficult to make any headway. And so it's sort of like I will keep repeating, of course, what is the reality. But sometimes you get stuck and, and there's no movement mm -hmm. because of the Republican Party. That's so true. Sad well, situation. Thank you very much. Yes, it is in Germany as well. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. <laughs> All right. Lily from Germany, thank you so much for the call. Why don't we go to Ryan from Auburn, New York? Ryan from Auburn, New York. Welcome to the program. Hey, David. Good to speak with you again. How are you? Likewise. I'm doing well. Hey, um, I wanted to talk again about AI. I know that's what we talked about last time, but it just seems to be changing so rapidly and the ideas of what could be happening. Um, so my first question is, what, what is your biggest concern with AI moving forward? I mean, listen, I, I don't there are people who when you ask them this question, they will cite something super micro. I, I am not an expert in AI. So my macro concern is that it ends up doing more harm than the good that it brings and that the harms are unpredictable and catch us off guard. That's like, you know, there will be people who will get very micro and say, well, no, the, the, the specific harm is that it'll find a way to kill us or some. Listen, I don't know. I'm not an expert in AI. My concern generally is we see many of the good things about it. The concern is the bad things will outweigh it and outweigh the good things dramatically and outweigh them in unpredictable ways. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I heard recently someone describe the 2024 election being the last human election because at the rate that it's going now, there will be more AI generated content, both images and written yes. by 2028. I mean, what? It, I mean, I know it's it's kind of fraught to predict things, but I mean, if you had to if you had to guess, I mean, 
what 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 is it even going to look like to to be consuming information online right in just several years from now i don't have a prediction that is specific but it seems to me that the cycle tends to be new technology presents a new challenge for knowing what is authentic, right? Like propaganda news articles presented a new challenge. And then so we needed to build some way to figure out what is real and what is fake news or whatever. So basically the, the process will be. The deep fakes and the voice cloning and all this sort of sort of stuff creates a new difficulty. And then there will be a second wave cycle in which we figure out technologies or systems to try to mitigate the ability of those technologies to trick people. And then it'll sort of all start over again with with the next technology. That's the way it's gone in the past. Now, there are some who will say the the current AI technology is so different that it's not going to be quite so simple. And we'll have to take that head on when we get to that. But beyond that, it's it's very hard to predict. Yeah, and, and I hear that um, that's being said as a response. The, the concern is they're already using AI, like they use two AIs in tandem, one one to create something and then the other one to check to see if it can find the fake. So yes. it's, sort, it's sort of like the self uh, improving system. So and, and the amount, the volume of content being put out is going to mean that, you know, like I saw um, I'm part of a Facebook group that puts out, you know, fake images and I just follow it and watch it. And uh, they got they've already gotten onto Snopes.com. And the idea being. You know, someone's going to have to debunk all of these images and the volume of images and the ease of creating them. Yeah, it just seems like it's mind boggling. Absolutely mind boggling. And it's going to be this circular cyclical thing that you describe exactly, Ryan. I, I'm as horrified and curious as you are about seeing where it goes. All right. Well, that's all I had to talk about today. I really appreciate your thoughts. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan from Auburn, New York. That'll do it for calls today. We'll take a quick break and then be back with so much more. Staying healthy and feeling generally good is all about habits that are sustainable, finding what works for you, something you'll stick to and it might be different for everybody. That's why I keep my routines really simple. Before I have my morning coffee, I'll have a scoop of AG1. AG1 is just this tasty green nutritional supplement. You can mix it into water or other drinks or smoothies. You get 75 high quality vitamins and probiotics from whole food sources. It's just a scoop of AG1. You're covering everything you would need for the day. I just don't have time to be dealing with 10 different vitamin supplement bottles or combining all these things. It's also really expensive to do that. It's just a single scoop of AG1 in the morning gives me all the vitamins that I'm looking for, saves time, more cost effective. You can go to drinkag1.com slash Pacman to get five free travel packs of AG1 plus a free one year supply of vitamin D. I've talked about vitamin D many times. That's drinkag, the number one slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. It's time for Friday feedback, emails, Twitter responses, Facebook comments, YouTube comments, etc. will often make it into Friday feedback where I give you a sampling of the sorts of responses I've received to show content. The first one we start with today is an email from a guy named Paul. I am going to warn you, it contains very strong language and it is a very serious case of MAGA brain worms. Paul wrote in saying you're a effing moron. Davy Trump built. Oh, by the way, this is 
in all caps. In all caps. Davy Trump built 450 miles of the border wall. All you do is repeat the demo rats, commie, woke, fake news, talking points, a hole. Stop your gotcha BS and stop lying. Your guests always make you look like what you are, a effing lying moron. It says a lot about imbeciles that supported a perverted pedophile that has the intellect of a fly, s head scum like yourself. I'm cleaning this up for the FCC. Helped rig the 2020 election. Stop lying about it, you pile of s a hole. I worked at the Arizona polls. Stop lying. We were kicked out at 9 p.m. Then the count was changed. Well, didn't they continue to count ballots? That makes sense. I watched numerous postal trucks arrive at all hours of the night delivering fake ballots. How would you know they were fake? Piles of s like yourself are destroying the country. Please do humanity a favor and drink Drano. Um, if this upsets you, vote. If this upsets you, the best thing that we can all do is cancel out this clown's ballot. And I don't mean cancel it out by not count it. I mean, cancel it out by vote. All of us in every election we can vote in such that his vote is irrelevant. That is my suggestion. There's very little to say. I mean, this is really serious brain worms, really, really serious brain worms. And, uh, you know, mental health professional would be the appropriate next stop for this person. Okay, let's just leave it there. Uh, But the way to counteract these people is by going out and voting ourselves. Here's someone, I guess, from the left who says I'm causing a problem because I recognize that Biden is running for reelection or something. User Sinker from Reddit says, how much longer is David going to ignore the Biden polls? LOL. Time for a new candidate. David equals shill. Biden's now losing in almost 70 percent of the polls, 37 percent approval, 77 percent thinks he's too old, 66 percent of Democrats don't want him running. 21% approval among youth voters, down eight points with black voters, independents leaving in droves. Many of these things are untrue. If this guy isn't pulled, we're effed. Whitmer or Newsom mops the floor. We're going to risk our democracy on some selfish 80 year old who doesn't even know how bad he looks. Guy can barely function. He walked off the stage in the middle of a Purple Heart ceremony, and you could just see the spaciness in his dead eyes. This is a Titanic Hillary 2.0. You know, I've spoken about this so many times at this point that I don't know that there's anything else to say. The idea that I'm shilling for Biden, shilling what? He's running for reelection. And to me, it seems like it would look really bad to pull Biden. I, I just call me crazy. It seems like that would attract bad negative attention. Would I rather someone else? Yeah. Have I been saying for a while it's time to pass the torch to the next generation of leaders? Yes. I just don't know that it's so obviously a disaster for Biden to have a rematch against the guy he defeated last time, because I don't know in which states Trump has made any gains since 2020. And it seems that saying we're kicking Biden out and picking someone else 
would potentially do much more damage than whatever benefit this individual thinks it would bring. It's just an opinion. There's no reason to call people shills. There's no reason to do any of it. Uh, Chris Brown says some people just don't believe in your climate change theory. Well, it's not my climate change theory. I think this is an important thing. There's this reaction narrative to the things I say that I'm just making these things up. I'm coming up with these things. It's not about my theory. We have the best scientists on the planet looking at the best data we have, and they've come up with our current understanding of what is happening. Is it conceivably possible that they're all wrong and the point oh two percent of scientists who question elements of the uh, understood climate change theory are the ones that are right? Yes, it is theoretically possible. Is that likely? It is not likely. So none of this is about me. And so many of the viewers that write in make it about me as if, as if I'm coming up with this stuff. I'm not coming up with it. People that know more about this than me and presumably you are doing decades of research. And their understanding is that industrialization and human activities on Earth are causing unprecedented changes in the climate and that there are things that could be done and arguably should be done to deal with that. It's not me. It's not about me. User MQ8QP says, so y'all Democrats hate Republicans for believing in Jesus. Very wrong. As I've pointed out before, there's no problem with people holding whatever religious beliefs they want to hold as long as they recognize that their religious beliefs should not play a role in determining civil law and in influencing government. If one religion thinks abortion is murder and another religion thinks abortion is necessary in order to prioritize uh, uh, women's autonomy, then which religion do you pick to say this is how the law should be determined? No separation of church and state dictates that no religion is prioritized over another. No religion is established in civil government and non religion also does not get relegated to a secondary status uh, period. So I don't really know of Democrats that have a problem with anybody believing in Jesus. Believe whatever you want. It's a private matter. Just don't use your arbitrary so-called sacred beliefs or texts onto civil government where it has no business being. This is sort of funny. DSC dude says they can never decide if he's sleepy Joe in the basement somewhere or if he's the smartest crime boss ever. Yeah, there is an obvious conflict between Biden doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know when it is. He doesn't know that he's president. He doesn't remember anything. And he is essentially a demented invalid. OK, and he has organized a multi-decade criminal conspiracy for the enrichment of himself and his family and has done such a great job that there's no evidence that we can find. Which is it? Which is it? Please let me know. Lane Claypool weighing in about Russell Brand says just maybe they want to shut up uh, Russell. They want to shut Russell Brand up. Could you believe that may be possible? Yeah, this is the argument that Russell Brand made, which is he has so much influence all of a sudden and he's causing people to rethink the pandemic and he's causing people to rethink Russia's invasion of Ukraine and he's causing people to rethink vaccines that 
they, I don't know who, the establishment, the corporate media, Democrats, I don't know, the globalists, they want to shut up Russell Brand because he just has too much influence. The reason I struggle to believe that's why these multiple allegations of sexual assault against him, including evidence like his own texts asking for forgiveness, it's hard to believe that that's all been concocted right now because his influence is so great when he has a YouTube channel that's 35 percent smaller than mine. It's just very difficult to believe. Would anybody believe it if I if if there were five people accusing me of sexual assault and I had texts on my phone where I'm saying, please, I'm so sorry for what I did. And I said they're coming after me because my influence is so big. Would any of you believe that it's very hard? Very, I hope not. I hope that none of you would believe that. That's why we're skeptical. Uh, and here's a Facebook message. This guy wrote in and said, you are insane. You were part of the propaganda. You were part of the problem of this America. I don't know what you think you're getting out of this. I have no idea, but you need help. You are a socialist. You are destroying America. As far as America goes, wake up, America. This guy is a nut. No punctuation. And then followed up with. We need a savvy businessman in charge of this country like we need. We need Trump so bad. You have no idea. I don't understand your ideology. You must not have any idea how business is run. I have businessmen get to be successful. You just run your mouth over and over propaganda. You Nazi. I'm not a Nazi. I'm Jewish. OK, that, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, think of maybe using a period or a comma, maybe a semicolon, even a double dash. Just consider it. OK, consider it. That's all I'm saying. If you have something you want to say to me, hopefully on the more coherent end of what we looked at today, email info at davidpackman.com or leave a comment on any of our many social platforms. We have a fantastic bonus show coming up. Remember that you can get today's membership rates before they go up. When the new website launches, membership rates are going up. You can lock in today's membership rates for as long as you want at joinpacman.com. You can even get a discount by using the codes, the code four years for indictments. Members get an extra show every weekday. Get the full experience at joinpacman.com.